What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on this evening of the eve before we host arguably our biggest game in recent memory in school history. But this game will also or this episode will also be on the recap of the drubbing that was against the A-10s Billikens. I can assure you that it's been a couple it's been a couple years since they were here and I'm sure they will never want to come back again and the performance that happened Saturday afternoon. I'm Nate Malone joined by Noah Lurch and Noah that's exactly what it was. This is the gauntlet that we've been talking about a lot and did it get I mean it ultimately got started like I said Saturday afternoon and this drubbing of the Billikens that we didn't really expect. We were favorites in this game. Weren't sure exactly how it was going to go and no off the rip. It just seemed like we had it in us, and again, it's one of those games where we almost couldn't miss, and you'll never beat a team that shoots it the way we did in this one, but it was a, a big-time win over a program that usually is always good, and I'm, you know, the rankings aside, maybe it won't look that great over the course of the season, but we're big Billikens fans the rest of the year to see what they'll do, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, obviously new coming in, we talked about it, without Sincere Parker, then in this first half, uh, Mike Meadows, the guy we were in on in the portal, goes down, and it's just really almost a depleted team. And not sure at this rate. I haven't didn't see an update on Mike Meadows yet, but if he's out, that's. I mean, they had a guy come in and played decently well. We'll talk about, but down the road, I mean, they drop really really low in Kim Palm. I'm not sure how many games they can win in the A10 with this team they have without. Parker than if Meadows misses any time. And Meadows only played six minutes in this game and even throughout when he was in it, we kind of pulled away. He didn't really do anything that was different really in this game. He fell like on his tailbone. He was in some really bad pain. It was hard for him to walk off the court. So yeah, we expect him to be out a while, but again, this team wasn't, you know, great beforehand. They were, they were winning some okay games within 10, losing within 10. And you mentioned since your Parker's, Done for so, but they, you know, this is the kind of team that they were. They were going to be an underwhelming team this season. And I don't know what Travis Ford was thinking in terms of the portal, in terms of everything else building this team. He was relying on a lot of his recruiting and young guys. But again, we, we knew we had an advantage in this game, but again, we didn't expect to shoot that shoot this well. Uh, but overall, I mean, again, it was it was a game where we held a lot of different guys in check. You know, Gibson Chimerson was one of the top players in the country, top play- shooters in the country, and, you know, top in, in the in the overall country in his own right of how good he was. You know, he's 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 easily power five good. He could go have minutes on a, on a team elsewhere. But we know what Terrence Hargrove had coming in this game. We held him shooting poorly and him not being himself. It looked like he was hurt in his own way. Uh, Dalgard did good in this one in 37 minutes. He was their leading scorer. They had Thames off the bench with 10 and 11 rebounds. I liked what Medley – Medley's a good young player for them. He uh, came off the bench, did something good, or did some good stuff as a freshman. And then they brought in, you know, the big seven-foot Chinese freshman center who I think did some things in the game where he, you know, made it to where we couldn't really get in the paint as much. But other than that, he kind of struggled. So, again, they're not really – they're an underwhelming team, as we've said. And Larry Hughes, the second, shot once, and he was out there kind of wasting space in this game. So they really stood no chance until we full, fully pulled away. But no other – again, the, leading into this game, we didn't have A.J. again. Kennard started. And we got some good news before that in terms of the another player, A.J.'s week-to-week, Brian said on the pregame radio. And he said Sheridan's fully practicing this upcoming week, the week that we are now currently in. 
leading up to this game. And of course, because I remember, as I said, on the on the Indiana State broadcast and pregame, he was doing some full speed stuff. So he's really, really close, as we'd like to say. But Noah, a good crowd overall. What else? What stuck out to you? I said the slew things. They didn't really do much show anything. But again, we shot so well. Who shot so well for us and who stuck out? It's safe to say our all-conference point guard was stuck out big time in this game. He was showing signs of not going to say like all-American in the whole country, but showing one of the best mid-major players in the country is what he's shown, and he did it again in this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, just the efficiency he's playing at is just really unreal. I mean, he's playing at an all-time level. Uh, did pick up four fouls in this one, but had five steals, uh, 31 points, seven assists, three rebounds. I mean, he's top five in scoring. He's doing everything for this team. We I retweeted just before we hopped on here. Uh, he's leading the country in most wins created per game played, and he's leading the country over a guy. some guys we know. Jonathan Mogbo was at Missouri State. Terrence Shannon Jr., Hunter Dickinson, and Zach Eady. X is leading the country in most wins created the way he's playing right now. And just the shooting, we, we've been talking about it. You're not going to hit 18 threes. 18 of 29 is very unrealistic to do in any other game this year. And 12 of 17 for 71% in the second half, it will not happen. If it does, I mean, it, it, good for us. But, I mean, Troy – the, the stretch he had, three of five, uh, he ended up with 20 points. I picked him as my dog pre-dog of the game because I knew he'd bounce back off an awful performance against Indiana State. Kennard Davis, three of five. I mean, Trent Brown, three of six. Yovan, three of five. I mean, those I mean the, those are your shooters when X is getting seven assists and Troy's kicking off what he does, and Clarence ended up with three assists as well. So, uh, heck, even Trent Brown, nine points, six assists, four rebounds. I mean, if Trent's giving you that stat line, we're going to win a lot of a lot of games. Yeah, no doubt. And I just think, in general, it just shows what kind of home team we are. And, again, in this season that will show signs of – I mean, heck, it's shorted Indiana State, obviously, to where even without AJ, we can do these kind of things against a team that we've said, you know, Salou could compete in the topper half of the league, of the, even the Missouri Valley. A-10 will struggle. There's a million teams in that, and there are some good teams. But, again, you come in you come in here, and just they just didn't have it from the get-go in terms of – and when you get down, you kind of do all that. And we kept the foot on the gas. It got up near 50 at one point that, you know, they weren't going to show much other than that. But it was against a team that, you know, it's not like you're doing this against the teams we were doing it at first. And, again, it, it shows a lot because let's say, obviously, if they didn't have uh, Sincere and then Mike Meadows goes down, if this was kind of within a 10-point game throughout the way, then we should be worried. It's a good thing that we're blowing all these teams out, whether some of them mean anything or not. But the fact that you'd rather be doing that than having them play tighter than it should be at times. So, again, I think it just shows how awesome of a home team we are how we feed off crowds. Dog pound was great. I mentioned the crowd was really good. Got the new scoreboard. People are excited and they fed off everything. And again, if we're not missing there, our 18 home games are going to come to fruition big time over the course of the season here. Um, and I, I think that's just a matter of it, you know, get behind the crowd and everything playing into that home gym that they're always used to practicing. And it's kind of one of those things we take pride in being a great home team. This was our 23rd straight non-con home game, home win. So 
there's a lot of factors feeding into how you are at home, but you said it there. I mean, the efficiency is off the charts. 66 from the field, 62 from three, 18 of 29. <laughs> yeah, tied a school record. It's just insane. We've been an incredible shooting team so far this season. What we didn't really foresee, but it comes with the heat checks that we've said, as you said a little bit, X's, step backs, everything that you just can't defend, you can't really do anything about. That's why Indiana State – Step back three, there's really nothing at times you can do about it if they just go in. But the efficiency is definitely at an all-time level for us. I mean, X, this is one of the best games of the whole college basketball season. I, somebody had a tweet about, like, in terms of what it was on Saturday about the performances, it was definitely one of the top five in the country. As we said, 35, I mean, five steals on top of seven assists and everything. He was just feasting. It's just incredible. I mean, we mentioned how Kennard didn't really play like himself in the Indiana State game. When he's at home, he's different. Yeah, barely missed himself uh, in those 11 points. So he's been, you know, he played well. You mentioned, I mean, you're right that uh, Troy was your dog at the game. I mean, he was <laughs> 8 of 11, did have the heat checks, played great, had a career high 20. Mine was Trent, and he played well. But I mentioned that he'd be on Jimerson, and that he was at the at the most part of the game. They had a player that came in. Uh, I guess it was was it Curich was their was their freshman guard that came in played really well for them. They should have played more at the start. So it's like, you know, they should have done some things. He came in and did did whatever. But it was a game. Also, you know, Trey Miller had seven minutes. RJ had the same. They didn't really play well. You know, Trey couldn't feed off his Indiana State game. He continues to struggle in games that we win. Scotty only had one make. It was off a Trey Miller miss for a dunk. We should have seen Scotty a little bit more in this game. He we didn't see him at the start because you know he would have been great against the seven foot freshman that they had that come in, but we didn't see him that much. Uh, it was mainly a starting five kind of game, which a name we haven't said yet is Clarence Trooper. He had another phenomenal game. He didn't miss from the field. He missed a couple of free throws, but he was fine. Otherwise, from that, he had two blocks again. He had three steals himself, seven rebounds, three assists, and those fourteen points. Clarence is on a run for sure that he's get, we're going to need from him again tomorrow and clearly the rest of the year. Everybody just played really well. That was the bottom line. When you shoot 66 from the field, again, there's nothing you can do about it. We were 9 of 14 from the free throw line. Noah Stulich played well as well, 14 points. I mean, again, it was a it was a fallen effort without AJ and still without Trey and RJ doing anything. An overall great game that we don't have to really talk much more about. Again, it's a blowout. You talk about the things you like, but not otherwise. So let me get your final thoughts on this game. You can pick any dogs of the game. It seems like X is the one. Your thoughts on it, Noah? And then let's just go ahead and segue to the other games that happened because other teams were playing or their second uh, respective Valley games. And we know we're not going to have ours till the end of the month. So what other what else happened around the league on that same day? And even yesterday there was a game. Yeah, obviously, I mean, playing that well in front of, I think it ended up just over 5,000. So for – a Saturday afternoon, I thought it was a pretty good crowd with a lot of, obviously, people wanting to stay home and watching college football and stuff like that. But And obviously the holidays, people getting out shopping. So having over 5,000 going in and getting a win like this and just playing well, having, I mean, only turning the ball over and turned it over 12 times, uh, forced 19 turnovers for defensively. I mean, we got to figure out something with free throws. I mean, we only shot 14, but 64% is not going to cut it. But I guess when you shoot 62 from three and 66 overall, I mean, just really well. I mean, obviously, dog of the game, yeah. 
if if we were excluding X, how great he's been, I'd definitely say Troy. I mean, his bounce back game, having a game of twenty points, three blocks, had a steal, three assists, three rebounds. I mean, Troy is the guy. That's the guy we need. That's the guy I'm expecting knocking down open shots. He's going to continue to get it. So, if I were excluding X, I would definitely say Troy in that one. But X is definitely just mentioned all the stuff about him. So, yeah, jumping into what happened last week uh, to refresh everybody exactly we're the us and I want us us we're the only team that not to have two Valley games early in this year so um, kind of crazy I want to say there could be another one might be UIC who we played late December also yeah. uh, only played that one so just looking ahead uh, obviously last week just to go over those again real quick uh, Murray State beats Bradley 79-72. I mean, we thought Bradley would go on the road and take care of business. They did not. Uh, Belmont goes on the road, blows out Northern Iowa. Missouri State beats Evansville. Then Drake goes on the road and beats Valpo. Illinois State goes on the road and gets a win over UIC. Burford was really good in that one. So um, a lot of guys that just just watching, obviously, what has happened. I mean, Murray State, that's a big win for them. I mean, they've struggled a little bit here and there. Rob Perry had 19 in that one. Jacoby Wood, I think, had 19 as well. So those guys getting a little bit. Then Belmont, I mean, I don't even know what to think about you and I. Everybody hyped them up so much at the beginning of the year. And obviously, I understand Bowen's not 100%, but – and Heiss is – struggled in that one two of ten so not sure who was guarding him but Campbell led the way there then in the Missouri State game 90 to 78 win Chance Moore scored 28 points for our Valley fantasy team then Drake going on the road and it was closer than what it ended up but I think it was a one-point game at halftime they just got it done in the second half Darnell Brody I think ended up being player of the week really got it done for them then looking ahead to this week it or look into the other games this past Saturday when we were playing Belmont beat Valpo. So Belmont gets a two and zero in the conference play. Indiana state goes on the road. Bradley made it close towards the end, but it wasn't really close. 85 77 win for the trees on the road in Carver, 22 points from Rob Avila. He was big time. Uh, Kent 13 and 11 Swope had 18 Conwell came back from, Missed our game because he had a, I think, a death in the family. Uh, he had 17, barely played their bench in that one again. They're blitzing at 12 minutes off the bench, but Miller played four, Vorst three, and I think Wolf played about eight. So still not playing a lot of bench. We'll see. Then you and I goes on the road, loses in overtime to Evansville. Antonio Thomas, 27 points to lead the way. So Northern Iowa two and six on the year now. Evansville seven and one. Then Drake goes on or Drake at home takes care of Missouri State seventy four fifty seven. So Tucker twenty four. Drake gets the two and zero. Oh. Um, then yesterday Illinois State at home takes care of Murray and that one. Kendall Lewis led the way with fourteen. Quincy Anderson twenty seven for Murray. If he can give them a little boost, then look ahead till tomorrow night. And Wednesday night, 
Uh, Akron is hosting Bradley, so Bradley goes on the road and gets a quality opportunity to bounce back. Missouri State on the road at Middle Tennessee State. Indiana State goes on the road, gets a really good MAC program in NIU, so that's going to be one to watch. Evansville, I mean, they're 7-1, but they get to go take on the number 14 team in the country in BYU, so good luck there. Wednesday night, Valpo on the road at Central Michigan. SLU traveling to Drake. I mean, if we beat them by like we did, no, if Drake, if they play with Drake, that'll be shocking. Uh, Northern Kentucky at Illinois State, Lemskin, Belmont, and a Nashville uh, matchup. Then Richmond on the road at UNI. Don't know how Richmond is this year, but if UNI loses that one, uh, we could be talking real trouble for Coach Jacobson. Yeah, again, it's reasonable how you and I was deemed to start this year with the healthy return of guys, Hudson involved everything we know about him, whether Bowen has been nagging big time off that injury. But, you know, they showed some signs in that tournament, and all of a sudden it just hit the fan. I mean, you get blown up by Cade Tyson, and Cade's been dealing with some stomach bug or something. He didn't even play in their next game. Uh, but just the fact that, you know, in a game where he would be maybe even struggling himself and that's where they still lose and they get blown out at home. And then all of a sudden they turn around and lose an Evansville game. And Toronto Thomas dropping 27. You mentioned Quincy Anderson did too. It's like all these guys would be dropping almost 30. Like anybody can do it in a certain night if you get hot. Because usually when guys do something like that, they shoot so efficiently. It's kind of wild. Um but the Indiana State Bradley game is wild, also wild because they were up dead. They were up 19 at half, so better than our 18. And they were at home. And the fact that you're right, it got close near the end. Bradley made a run, but it didn't matter. So that shows again, Indiana State's just that good playing limited guys. And the return of Conwell matters, of course. Uh, and it shows that that kind of elite offense and offense will beat defense any day of the week. Us and Bradley are arguably the two top defenses in the in the league. So they're putting up 85 on the road at a hard place to play. It just shows you how good they are. And Brian Wardle said that apparently Connor Hickman went down in this game near the end of it, the final five or so minutes maybe, and has an ankle injury. And Brian Wardle said he'll be out for a while. So notable for Bradley taking on Akron, who they are an underdog in that game. So we'll see how they are without one of their best players. It could look bleak here in the near future. We'll see how they are without him. And then, uh, yeah, I don't foresee the upcoming games, uh, I don't foresee – or Indiana State, you're right, NIU is a really good team, and Indiana State's six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. So that continues to show something. And then, of course, as you said, um, Wednesday, yeah, we'll be rooting for SLU to go into Des Moines and give them a test. Again, don't foresee it. Meadows won't play. They should get blown out. That's probably what will happen. We'll be rooting for it, though, as well. So some key games coming up here in the rest of the non-conference for a lot of teams, yes – I mean, if we're looking at obviously the two and O teams so far in the league, are the Indiana are is Drake, Indiana State, Belmont, and Illinois State. Couple one and one teams. Obviously, we're one of the winless teams. Yes, with the UIC, the only ones. But you and I, Bradley, zero two. Nobody expected that. I don't think so. Some wild times here at the start of the Valley. Um, I had a former dogs update just because I'm thinking of some games. Uh, Purdue is playing right now. And I think the last time I looked, Lance had 17 points for them. They, they're they in Big Ten play. I think they're hosting Iowa. And if I were to look real fast to see what he's doing currently, they ended up winning by 19, and Lance did indeed have those 17 on 7-11. Shooting, we know Marcus and 
Uh, Illinois played on uh, Saturday, also hosting Nebraska or on the road against Nebraska, winning by 18 themselves. Marcus had uh, 15 and still in the starting lineup, six of 13 shooting. So those are the notable ones. We talked about others. We'll say Dalton's, of course, been playing well for Illinois State. So there's some other tidbits through there. Uh, quickly here, Ken Palm rankings you mentioned some things. God knows where SLU is. We are currently 108th in the league of where we stand. We're right around. We're right behind Loyola, Missouri State, truly behind us. And of course, Indiana State is as high as anybody and you can ever imagine in terms of Valley teams. Um, they're 67th. For, in terms of the current state, I guess that's, of course, it's not, I guess, that is really good. And then of Noah, the net rankings has us at 80. Uh, you know, there's obviously Illinois State, I want to say is 22nd in that. They just continue to be one of the top mid-majors in the country because then also at uh, Rocco Miller's updated non-power six rankings has Indiana State three behind James Madison and Princeton, two of the best mid-majors in the country. Bradley's still at 12. Drake's at 10. Then you have us at uh, 25 behind Missouri State at 21. And some other teams factor in the rest of the way as well. So there's all the rankings wise where things stand, of course. Yeah, really quick. That's a like, lot of, go ahead. Really, really quick. Like with the Valley as a whole has had a really good non-conference. They are now uh, ranked top. They're in the top 10 conferences. According to Ken Palm, obviously you said Indiana state leading the way. Drake's not too far behind him at 77. I think Bradley still in the top 100 at 95. So three top 100 teams. You said we're at 108. Missouri State at 114. I mean, UIC at 125. I mean, we're having a really good non-conference. Then uh, you said in some net rankings, Indiana State at 22. UIC at 52 in net rankings. Drake 56. Bradley's at 90. We're ahead of Bradley. Evansville at 92. 97 Missouri State. Then we drop off a little bit. Belmont 151, Illinois State 161, UNI 212, Murray State 215, then Valpo all the way to 291. So, I mean, I think we're seventh overall as a conference in like a net ranking if you add them all up and get the sum or whatever it's called in math, but uh, the average. So doing well as a conference, and we got some more – we talked about it, quality opportunities tomorrow night. Yeah, if, I mean, us against the Big 12 team tomorrow can do a lot for regardless, and the league will be put, pulling for us tomorrow in that regard, along with what everybody else is doing. Yeah, top 10 is good. We're still behind the, the AAC and some others that we, of course, know about, so it's good to be in the top 10 when we've been hovering around the outside of that, but the league has definitely done a good job. And that, yeah, I think Valpo's in the 300s in Kempom. I want to say I looked at that earlier, so not good on their part, but uh, – Maybe they can win some non-con and help us out a little bit, help the league out. Of course, that's what matters at the end of the day. So there's where we stand in all the rankings, everything leading up to this point, Noah. Let's talk about the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Like we've said, this is the biggest home game in a long time. It's the first time since this 07-08 season that we've hosted a Power 5 opponent. As we know, everything that we've been doing recently has came back to that 15, 16 years ago when it was the heydays of everything. This game's on CBS Sports Network. No, they're looking for revenge, as we know. We beat them at their place last year in an exhilarating game, a phenomenal game. They've kind of struggled 
so far this season and some matchups, you can dive into what they've done so far to this point. We know they're picked, I want to say, 10th in the Big 12. So it's not going to be their best season. But nonetheless, it is a Big 12 coming in here. It's been a big deal since we've known about the home and home last season. And here we are there tomorrow already. It's really exciting. Noah, again, what what are the Cowboys – what do, what do they have to offer coming in here? We'll dive into their personnel. It's some similarities of what they had a season ago, but in terms of the team, what have they been doing lately? Yeah, obviously they're coming in under seventh year, in his seventh year, Mike Boynton Jr. expecting if things don't go well this year, he, he could potentially, I mean, he's pretty much on the hot seat. I mean, he hasn't done much in his seven years. His first year went to the NIT quarterfinals. Then he, went 12 and 20. Then he went like close around 500, didn't make the tournament. Then in COVID year, he had Cade Cunningham and they made round of 32, got beat. Then the next year went 500 and it was ineligible because they, they paid Cade Cunningham or the whatever happened there between that and his brother being on staff. Then last year, losing to us 20, went 20, 120 games, went to the NIT quarterfinals. But I mean, not sure if he'll last past this year if he doesn't have a good year. They're three and four right now. That's with a loss at home to another mid-major, Abilene Christian, by uh, by five. They beat Sam Houston State. Then they lose on in their MTE. They lost two games to St. Bonaventure and Notre Dame, two teams that uh, St. Bonaventure's all right, and Notre Dame under Shrewsbury's first year isn't the greatest team, then they get wins over blow two blowout wins against New Orleans and Houston Christian. Uh, then they lose to Creighton, who's a really good team, but they were picked, I think, 10th out of 14 teams in the new Big 12 preseason poll. Uh, obviously, losing to those neutral site games and losing that home game doesn't look the greatest on paper, but uh, they've had They've had some injuries to start the year. Obviously, we know former five-star recruit Bryce Thompson, who went to Kansas, saw, talked about him last year, missed the first couple games with a leg injury. He's officially back, though, or missed some games early in the season because of leg injury. was back against Creighton, so expect him to play. But they're led by uh, a guy we were in on, Javon Small. I mean, he's averaging 16 a game. He's very good at point guard transfer from ECU at six, three, but other, other guys to look, to watch out for. Obviously they're a decent shooting team. Um, I think they shoot like 35% from three and they're shooting like, I think they around 54% uh, are in the, around the field elsewhere, but they have some good freshmen. Uh, Brandon Garrison's, 6'11 big man is going to be a problem for Clarence and Scotty. Scotty's definitely going to have to play in this one. Uh, I think he's averaging over two blocks a game. He's 18th in the country in block percentage so far this season. Uh, he's very good on the offensive rebounding. So that's a guy you're going to have to keep off the boards. Eric Daly Jr. Um, he's a four-star, former four-star at IMG Academy. He's their leading rebounder around six rebounds a game than other guys. John Michael Wright, so he's a senior in his second season after transfer from High Point. We mentioned him last year. Uh, then Queon Williams, uh, another guy. He's a sophomore. Uh, six points a game is, there, is another score for them. So they have some other guys like Mike Marsh, 
a pretty good defender and Jamron Keller, who's played in a couple games but hasn't been fully healthy. So this is a team where they're not off to a best start, but they have some. Ta- they're all, they're always going to be talented at that level at Power Five. Have a mixture of guys, but as long as we get cl- good games out of our bigs, including uh, Troy in that kind of matchup, and we rebound well, um, I think I think X or one of our wings can take care of Javon and Javon Small, and we can be just fine in this home matchup. Yeah, I know it's it's weird because last year, you know, they had Musa Cisse, who of course gets eligible recently for Ole Miss and how well Troy did against him last year. But Musa brought that kind of undisciplined, out-of-control play that kind of cost them in that game at times, whether it was jump shots or anything else. I don't think they're going to have that this year. I think they're just going to be a little bit more steady at those spots. You mentioned some of their players. I mean, they are massive, as you said. I mean, Eric Daly's huge, Marsh's huge, Garrison's huge. This is a big game for our for our bigs, but it's also a big game for our guards. As we know, X has had to carry a lot of the load. If he's going to have to be dealing with small and Thompson, who's you know all Big Twelve top three team at least, you know he has struggled at times. But I'd say besides what Javon's done for him, I mean Thompson's done pretty well. You mentioned how he hasn't played in every game. John Michael Wright, as you said, we've seen so they do have talent. They're a Big Twelve team for a reason, and that's why it's. You know, it's it's awesome to get how we how in the heck we got this game for Boynton and them to come here. And, you know, they'll be knowing what our atmosphere is like. You know, Slu got a taste of it, and they're expecting it to be one of the biggest home atmospheres that we've ever had. You know, and definitely in the, like the good dog pound era could be the biggest home game. We know Belmont, all that stuff from last year. But it's like in terms of who's coming in here, it's, it's extremely massive and – Again, they are going to rebound. They are going to score. You mentioned, yes, of course, we were on Javon. So we weren't sure about him at the start when we saw him in the portal, where he was coming from, and then he's bounced around. He's been a scoring machine his whole career. Uh, so you can expect, like, perhaps – I think Thompson is an X matchup. I think a Trent on small could be something. Again, we're not going to have AJ in this game, which stinks. Uh, you know, so Kennard's going to have to be big for us as well. It's going to be everybody else. We've talked about Trey and RJ. Are they going to do anything in this game? But it's – if not, it's it's all Yovan, it's Troy, it's con- everyone we've been seeing, but it's and it's going to have to be on X's shoulders again, like you know, with the matchups of what these guards provided. It will be a tough game for us, no doubt about it. We're we are five and two against them all time. We talked about the game last year. We beat we've beaten them in the NIT and all this stuff going up against them in years past. But, again, they're coming off a, a season where they didn't like losing against it. I remember just searching our Southern Illinois before on X and um, how much their fans have been complaining about it ever since then. So, you know, we're looked at, you know, as a downer opponent to them, rightfully so, and they're coming to our place and they're going to know what mid-major basketball is all about. So it will be a really, really tough matchup. Our 23 games, our 23 straight non-con home tub uses on the line in this one. Uh, no, at first you brought to my attention that we were favorites in this game, but it looks like now Oklahoma State is a one and a half point favorites. We were one or one and a half. Now it's moved to the other side. Interestingly enough, it, it's great that we know that, uh, you know, whatever beforehand we are matchup predictor. We are 66.6% chance to win. I know it's at home and they're factoring how great we are at home. It's going to be tough though. You mentioned, yeah, they score 75, allow 68. Um, they assist, they turn over the ball, they do get steals, they do everything. That a team like that does, they, they do shoot points from the free throw line, though. So, Noah, we already know the spread, so 
I mean, that makes sense. I mean, for the fact that it flips the other way around already just shows the betting lines for all that stuff. But your th- your thoughts on that and then clearly and what is a massive, massive game and who could stand out to us of, of dogs and then go ahead and give me your ultimate score prediction, what you have us doing tomorrow. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a really tough game for us. I mean, to keep them off the boards and just defend a guy like Jafon Small. I mean, he, he's 6'3", so it's that's a little bit of another reach for either Trent, obviously Gordon, bigger guys, but I think X can do it. And AJ's week to week. So not exactly sure there. Um, but I do think, I mean, if, if we're taking it at what it is right now, which is one and a half point underdogs, I think I'm going to take, I'm going to take the plus on that. I think the way we're playing at home, we got to continue the streak and you will never see Oklahoma state play probably play on the road against I mean, we, we see it. I've seen it the last couple of years. I've seen it in history. I mean, uh, as a North Carolina fan, I've seen it where we're the number one team in the country and we're one of the few teams that gives teams home and homes for us. And we went as the number one team in the country on the road at Northern Iowa and they knock us off. Uh, we've seen it the last, I think two or three years with Villanova. They go on the road this year. I think it was Penn. They knock off, they get beat on the road at a mid-major. I mean, it's rare to see it, but it doesn't go well usually for the Power Five when they do it. So um, expecting a really tight game, I will take that plus one and a half, though. Um, Can we get a sneak-out victory? But dog of the game, uh, I think it's got to be Clarence. He's got to be big in this one. Um, I'm relying on him to be good, expecting him to help. Um, you could go either way with Scotty or him, but I think Clarence, if he can be big in this one and play play at his level, we expect him to. And especially he needs to – he doesn't have to get the rebound, but he's got to put body on somebody on every possession. And if I were to go to score prediction, I think we're going to have to keep it pretty low. But I'm going to take dogs 68, them 64, a four-point W. Yeah, I'm a little torn. You know, I mentioned the last one how I've luckily predicted, you know, the wins and losses at this point. I guess that's not hard in the grand scheme, but I think I'm going to stick with it on this one. I, I And it's all before you see them play to know, like, okay, well, you can be scared of a four or five star coming in seven foot, or you can be scared of their sides and their guard play of what they can bring. I just think if this is a game where they're kind of overwhelming in a lot of those facets – and we could see them warm up. We could see them play. It's not like they look like bums out there, but it just looks like, okay, you didn't – I expect a little bit more from them in this regard and how they play. You know, if, if if our crowd gets behind everything, we could turn them over. We could get out in transition and do everything. I just think their athletes and everything are a little different. You know, of course, we predicted us to, to lose at their place last year, and there's no shame in that at all. And we had the team that we did. And this year with the team we have now, with X on our shoulders – on his shoulders that um, it's tough to carry, you know, a team where you have to carry a lot of the load against a team like this, where they can match you at any point and obviously be better at, you know, than you at a couple of spots. And Clarence is going to be mine as well. I'll go with the Obon because if he can score for us and get to the boards with that massive team, it's, it's interesting. I think I'll have Oklahoma state minus. I'm going to have us losing within like 10 points. I think the thing comes to an end. In my mind and what I want to think, I want us to win this game. I think it's massive. I have a feeling we can win this game. If I were to go just with the ultimate prediction, I'll have us losing within 10. I think they could be a little bit too much for us. 
if we don't have a full-on cast of guys playing and no AJ who played a decent part in the game last year. So it's like I think all those things could end up hurting us in the, in the grand scheme. But Big twice, as you said, you won't get a team like this coming in here often, so we're going to pull out all the stops, I think, from a crowd and team perspective. I would love to see a win. I'll have us lose in a close one, though. Uh, and it'll be on X's shoulders again. If he'll show why teams like that should have recruited him out of the portal, whether he could have committed again and or left again and do all that stuff that we see players do. But now it'd be nice to have a Jared Hensley for this game also. We know we don't have it, so we'll have all hands on deck for this game. Uh, it'll be awesome. We should have an amazing crowd. Dog Pound's going to show up for sure. Eight o'clock, which is a you know obviously a later game than what we're used to, but they want everybody to show up there, and it should be great. Know your overall final thoughts. Yeah, expect a, a big crowd, hopefully around seven seventy five hundred 7,500 um, going out. I mean, obviously it's a later game, but it's a nationally Tevil guys game. Maybe that keeps a few people home. It's on national te- television. Um, but, yeah, expecting Dog Pound to go out full force and it to be a jam-packed arena to be really loud because, I mean, that's, that's what's going to take to get this close W tomorrow night against a Power 5 team and, and I can't wait for it because it's a great opportunity. Obviously, they're not what they used to be at Oklahoma State, but it's still, I mean, it's a major opportunity with guys that coming into an arena like this that they could not really give their full effort, and obviously we're banged up with AJ and stuff, but I really like this team and the way they're playing, especially at home, so that's why I've taken them. I, I can't wait for tomorrow night. Yeah, again, hopefully – a lot of people show out to it. As you said, it's um, the way we're playing. It might not matter to a sense If the team comes, we know how the great the atmospheres are at these higher level places. But when you get in mid-major, it's more tighter. It's everything else. People are screaming at Like it's, it's a different animal as they would know coming in here. We could have a Barry Henson sighting. We're not sure if he travels with them. I think because he coached here, I think he'll make the trip. I think we can expect a Barry Henson on the video board waving. Cause they did it to, uh, Former commissioner at the game last time they did to some Cardinal players. They'll shout out Barry Henson, I'd say, if he's in attendance. So, again, yeah, CBS Sports Network, 8 o'clock. It should be fun. This this game could go a long way if we win, of course. No matter how they are, you're beating a big 12 team regardless. If we sweep this little uh, series of the two, it's, it'd be incredible. Again, it's, it's a massive opportunity. We're thinking the team's going to be up for it. We'll see how it plays out tomorrow night. Hopefully everybody else joins us tomorrow at that point, Van Terra center. It's the game of the night around the Valley. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. We'll see if the dogs have it in them. Go dogs.